The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the masculine journey. It is the Saturday before what, Robbie? Easter. Some people call it the Palmster. Well, it'd be two Saturdays before Easter. That's true. Yeah. No, it is. It palm. It's Palm Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I didn't. Th- I didn't think that would be the trickiest question we had the whole night. But maybe I might be corrected. Well, well, welcome to Mask and Journey. This is Sam Main, and in studio we have uh, Robbie Dilmore and Vinny Menino and and Al Henley. It's Palm Saturday Eve. Palm Sunday Eve. That's technically. <laughs> You're going to stress from that all the whole show. Just say tomorrow's Palm Sunday. There you go. Okay. Well, Robbie, we're talking about something, and, and Vinny and Al, that we're uniquely unqualified to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, would you say that's true? I would definitely say that's true. I disagree. I can talk about it. I'm 82 years old. <laughs> okay, well, you may be uniquely qualified. <laughs> but uh, what we're talking about today, we're talking about fighting for and understanding the heart of the woman. Right? Jesus comes after his bride in Scripture, and we're told to to go after um, the women in our life like he goes after the church. And so what's that really mean? Is that what society tells us to do? Yeah, that's a scary thing when you look at some of the commercials or some of the things that we see on the Internet or wherever you look. What they see in, is, is the heart of the woman. That, that, that heart doesn't seem to be the part they're going after. It doesn't. you know. And I, I, I've shared this often, but I don't really know what, uh, the lady that eats a Hardy's hamburger, what they're trying to get across <laughs> in that, that video or that commercial, but it's surely not about the hamburger so much. No, but that is a bad Corvette. Have you seen that? There's a Corvette? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to talk about that, but we're going to talk about a, a clip here. And, and this is really more, honestly, if I'm going to be totally honest, when I was a lot younger man, like last year, when I was a younger man, I looked at... Um, fighting for the, the heart of my wife a lot differently than I do these days. And, and part of that was, honestly, is society saying that, you know, you need to go get what's good for you. You know, I need to go take care of my needs before I make sure everybody else's needs is taken care of. And that's a lot of what society tries to say. Now, it may say it differently on talk shows, but at the end of the day, that's the message that's being sent, that the, the lady is there to help you feel better, to answer a question for you. What other things is society saying? Yeah, it, you're looking for her to affirm your manhood in some right. way, shape, or form. That, it, it, you know, if, if, if I'm striking out with the ladies, then I'm not a real man. And that's the, the sense that you get uh, growing up. And so there, there is this confusion. Al, if I ask you, why are we so confused about the, the heart of a woman compared to the heart of a man? Good question. That is a great okay. question. Exactly. We stumped the panel. We have you stumped me. <laughs> Palms, Palm Thursday. <laughs> Palm Saturday. Uh, I um, like the picture you always show at boot camp, Sam. You know, yeah. that is so descriptive. Well, and I was trying to think of how to put that into words, but if yeah, I'll let Robbie do it, yeah, don't he hurt, can describe it. Don't hurt yourself. Ouch. But no, really, I guess the way I would describe it, if you could just imagine what you've seen on TV, the, the dashboard of an airplane. Like there's all these buttons, these levers, all these things that's got to be going just right for that, that plane to fly right, right? And you can't have anything that's kind of out of out of whack or it's not going to 
um, go well. And, and so that that's a woman's heart is what that, that picture that we show up. And then right beside that is the man's heart and how to understand a man. And, and Robbie, what's that entail? Essentially an on-off switch. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much like a light switch. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, once you understand how to turn on that light, that's pretty much all you need to know. And and so we've, we've shown that at uh, the men's boot camps, and it gets a huge laugh. And the funny thing is it's been shown at the ladies' weekend, and it gets as big or a bigger laugh because they still they, we all know that there's something true about that. Yeah, it hurts my feelings, though, because, you know, for them to think I'm that shallow, that all I have is that on-off switch, you know, it's kind of scary. But when I think of poor Bill Murray in this scene, it, it you know, it's even scarier Groundhog Day. It is, and this is one where he's trying to get some questions answered, not for her heart, but more for his. And let's listen to this interchange as he talks to his producer, who he's trying to get close to. So what do you want out of life, anyway? I guess I want what everybody wants, you know, career, love, marriage, children. Are you seeing anyone? I think this is getting too personal. I don't think I'm ready to share this with you. How about you? What do you want? What I really want is someone like you. <laughs> oh, please. Well, why not? Uh, what are you looking for? Who is your perfect guy? Well, first of all, he's too humble to know he's perfect. That's me. He's intelligent, supportive, funny. Intelligent, supportive, funny. Me, me, me. He's romantic and courageous. Me also. He's got a good body, but he doesn't have to look in the mirror every two minutes. I have a great body, and sometimes I go months without looking. <sighs> He's kind, sensitive, and gentle. He's not afraid to cry in front of me. This is a man we're talking about, right? He likes animals and children, and he'll change poopy diapers. Does he have to use the word poopy? Oh, and he plays an instrument, and he loves his mother. I am really close on this one. Really, really close. So as we listen to that, Robbie, I hear you chuckling in the background. What are you finding funny in that clip? There's a lot that's actually quite funny in that clip, but what's some <laughs> of the things you found funny? <laughs> Does he actually have to use the word poopy? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that always cracks me up. And, I, it, you know, is this a real man we're talking yeah. about? And he's trying to, to get an angle on this uh, of, of whether or not he's, he's measuring up. And he clearly is a little narcissistic because he thinks he, he meets, the, meets the standard. And I noticed something about her. She said she covered her vulnerability and said, I really am not comfortable talking about this with you. But the minute she starts talking about the man – Boy, just she gushed. She mm -hmm. knew what she wanted. Yeah, and, and he's sitting there thinking, okay, how can I play this angle? All right, if you haven't seen the movie Groundhog Day, you might want to go watch it. it. The first time you watch it, I have to admit, I was like, wow, I really don't like this movie so much. But the more I watched it, the more I enjoyed it. It's about... Was uh, it like a Groundhog Day watching it over it, and it over? It was, because it plays the same thing kind of over and over as this guy gets to live the same day, Groundhog Day, over and over and over again. But there's a character arc, which it's a little hard to watch, because it it drags a little bit on how long it takes him to get it. Mm -hmm. But as he begins to get it is really a wonderful picture of how a man can begin to understand how to, how to be a real man and to actually go after, you know, his wife's glory. But I have to tell this, this funny story. Please. 
about three Groundhog Days ago, I came in and my mother-in-law was watching <laughs> Groundhog Day. <laughs> she didn't realize it kept playing the th same thing over and over and over. <laughs> and so when we came in, I said, oh, you're watching Groundhog Day. And she goes, yeah, today's Groundhog Day. And uh, I saw him and he's going to see a shadow and there's going to be three weeks, you know. And so it isn't long until that scene plays again in the movie. And she goes, this is it right here. See, he's going to see a shadow. <laughs> so she thought it was the news or something? Yeah, she thought that was the actual groundhog that was coming out that particular you know, dang, he was going to see a shadow. Well, it is Puxitani Phil. They do use that name, and that sounds very official at that point. And I learned that really through Groundhog Day, the movie. Yeah. But it, but it is cool to watch his progression. You know, there's a change that has to happen in him for him to be able to get to that point where he is really fighting for her heart, not fighting for what he wants out of the equation. And, and I think in the movie, you, you find that he really does, doesn't find his joy until he becomes that man, until he makes that transition. Right, and that, that is a, it's a process, right? And that's what we call the show, The Mask on Journey. It is a process, guys. That's uh, actually what happens to all of us. You know, when you got to get to the point of uh, growing up, mm -hmm. we know what we want as men. And I think it's a job for the woman to tell us what we really should be mm -hmm. so she can accept us and what she wants out of life. Absolutely. Well, we're going to continue talking about this as we go into the next segment. we got a lot more clips, a lot more conversation. We're going to talk about the woman's fears and not just what we think, but what experts say. You're listening to Masculine Journey, MasculineJourneyRadio.com. Welcome back to Masculine Journey. We are just sitting here talking, and we didn't even hear the music playing. How's that? We're so engrossed in this conversation. What are we talking about today, Al? Women. Women. Well, <laughs> that's okay, Al. That's a good answer for you. Right, heart of a woman. Heart of a woman. Thank you. We want to expand on those answers a little bit. Use all your words. I know, but usually I get cut off, so I figured I better get in there quick. Well, okay. even to the extent that Jesus is coming after his church, and there's a right. picture there that expands, you know, certainly into our relationships, but also a picture of how Jesus loves us as individuals. When we were talking earlier in that first segment, we were talking about why don't we understand the heart of a woman. And part of that is when you go back to Genesis and it says that we are created in God's image, male and female, we're created in his image. We're not created identically in his image. You know, we're created in our gender in his image. You know, the female represents certain aspects of God, more so than the male does, and the male represents other aspects. Not that they can't kind of cross a little bit, but you, you definitely know, if you think of a woman's heart, Al, what's some of the things that, that she shows that reflects God? Nurturing, okay. compassion, um, and listening, mm -hmm. at least for my wife. And that's probably a painful thing for her. <laughs> Sorry. We, we love each other. We really do. We do. Thank you. Uh, I, think, I think the other thing that, that happens is they, they, they birth things. I mean, babies, obviously, but they, they also they give life, and they give life to your home. You, know, you think about the environment that they want to try to create. It's about creating a situation of life. Right? And not that men don't want to do that. It's just not usually our highest priority. Right? He's our connecto. Yeah. Life sustainer. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a helper in, uh, in Hebrew. 
And, and really what that means is it's, it is lifesaver. It's more than like, not hamburger helper, but it, it's lifesaver. And, and God only uses that term a couple times in Scripture. And other than talking about Eve, he's talking about himself each time. And so that's what he did is he created her to help bring life to us. Right? And so she represents that side of life where, where men have what attributes, Robbie? Strength mm-hmm. and um, obviously kingship, which is a, a, a different kind of aspect of God's glory. Right, and, and being able to fight for justice. Right. You know, there's some things, and again, that's not saying a woman's not strong. I mean, if you ever watch a woman give birth, <laughs> there's no doubt she's a lot stronger in a lot of ways than I could ever imagine. But it's not that. That's not the way she uniquely in her gender represents God. Which allows us to have the nothing box. It does. What is a nothing box, Robbie? <laughs> One of those wonderful pastors, and I can't quote his name, Darren can, but um, gives this talk on how, you know, women, everything's kind of connected in their brains, but men are very compartmentalized, and the neatest thing about being a man is we have a nothing box, and we're perfectly content to hang out in our nothing box and do absolutely nothing and actually think about absolutely nothing. I love my nothing box. I mean, I can spend a lot of time there. It's like a man cave in my head. Mm-hmm. And my wife will often say, uh, is the reason I'm not reaching you? Are you in your nothing box? And yeah, I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> You're actually in the nothing box. Yeah, I'm thinking about nothing right this minute. I'm just thinking about adding on to the nothing box <laughs> and seeing how big of a room I can create. <laughs> we were talking a little bit earlier about how do we know if we are taking our question in any way to the woman. And I know that sounds very foreign for a lot of you guys. It's like, hey, I don't know what you're talking about. That sounds like mumbo jumbo stuff. But let me ask you some questions. How do you see her? If you don't take your question to her, is she a report card of some type on you? That the how she's feeling is how you're doing as a man? Right? Is that the measurement that's going on there? In my first marriage I suffered with that tremendously because if she wasn't happy then I had failed. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's a lot of burden because everybody has their own issues and everybody has their ups and downs and you can't be completely dependent um, for your success in somebody else's heart. I think that, you know, we, a lot of times as a, a young man, we fall into that. And, and honestly, that lasted a lot longer into my marriage that that was my measurement of success, as you talked about. If my wife's happy, then I must be doing everything okay. Right, and there's just times that, to your point, we're not always happy, and we're not necessarily always supposed to be happy, which is different than having joy. I guess another way to ask this is just to ask yourself the question, uh, these questions: How do you feel when you're near her? Do you fear her in any way? And you're going to say, "No, I don't really fear." Well, let's think about that. Are you really irresistibly drawn to her? Right, that you know, I just I there's something about it when I'm feeling bad. I don't. I don't feel like I really measure up that the only thing that's going to help me here is the comfort of my wife. For me at this point in my life, there is, I'm at peace when my wife and I are together, whether we're sitting on the couch or just snuggling in bed, you know, there is a, I'm in a complete safe place because she's got my back. And if I need to be in my nothing box, she's okay with it. If I need to talk, she's willing to listen. And we we've, that hasn't always been the case for either of us. We've had to attain that, but there was a time when the last place I wanted to go was home. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that had to do with the struggles going on within me and not wanting her to think I wasn't successful, Mm -hmm. that I I didn't have it all together. 
I noticed you said snuggle. I bet you also say poopy. I'm just <laughs> guessing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sam, and, and, I've used that as an adjective about you And the cool thing times. is, Bill Murray keeps taking this question to this lady. He does. He, and he, and he, in a new and fresh way. Well, and time and again in this particular clip. He does. He, he learns. You know, he learns i got to be a little bit more slick here. And keep in mind, these days play over and over. So if he messes something up, he knows he's got the next day to relive it as often as he wants till he gets it right. And so what we're going to hear in this clip is he's sitting with the same producer, having dinner, and he's asking her some questions about her. And listen to how his dialogue goes throughout this, this clip. Yeah, he changes it the second time around to make it a little more possible. Oh, I agree. I just like to go with the flow, see where it leads me. What's led you here? Mm-hmm. Of course, it's about a million miles from where I started out in college. You weren't uh, in broadcasting or journalism? Mm-mm. Believe it or not, I studied 19th century French poetry. <laughs> what a waste of time. I mean, for someone else, that would be an incredible waste of time. It's so bold of you to choose that. It's incredible. You must be a very, very strong person. I think people place too much emphasis on their careers. Gosh, I wish we could all live in the mountains at high altitudes. That's where I see myself in five years. How about you? Oh, I agree. I just like to go with the flow. Yeah? See what happens. Well, it's gotten you here. Uh-huh. Of course, it's a million miles from where I started out in college. Oh, yeah? You weren't in broadcasting or journalism, anything like that? Uh-uh. Hmm. Believe it or not, I studied 19th century French poetry. La fille qui j'aimerais, sera comme bon fin, qui c'est bon fiera, un peu, chaque matin. You speak French. Oui. <laughs> that oui. It's just too good. Yeah, you, you get to see him change you know, from the point where he says, what a waste. <laughs> right? And so then he goes off and he's a like, waste of time. <laughs> yeah, but not for you. you know? <laughs> what an incredibly strong woman you must be. You know, and then he goes off and he learns the language and then comes back to try to impress her and try to woo her. And, and again, he's more slick about his approach, maybe a little bit more uh, on the sly. But is his, is his uh, goal any different, Benny? Does it sound any different to you? Well, with me, you know, I was married in the 50s, so it was altogether different. For the first 10 years, I thought I was the, you know, the king of the house, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. until we had our children. And then I would open up the door and take a look at Rita and say, uh, just by looking at her, I knew what kind of mood she was in, (laughs) you know, and uh, all of a sudden I became second banana. Mm -hmm. And I resented it, you know, because she had the kids to take care of and all that stuff, what a woman, I thought, what a woman was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Then I found out that I was supposed to help her. Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> a <know>? concept. <laughs> and she, <laughs> uh, she tore into me, you wouldn't believe. I says, how could you talk to me that way? You know, we're in love, we're married. You know, she says, well, then get your butt off of the couch and don't worry <laughs> about what the Mets are doing and go take off the diapers and, you, you know, learn all that kind of stuff. So it changes. What kind of diapers? They were cloth in them days. Yeah, I think he was trying to get you to say poopy, Vinny. Yeah, yeah. he was just trying to get you to go there. Yeah, okay, but that's the way it was in them days, you know what I mean? And it it got progressively worse, Mm -hmm. but I loved them more and more every year. Yeah, you kind of move down that scale pretty quickly when kids come in. 
Robbie, when he's, he's going through this approach, what's really his goal still? Not Vinny, but Bill Murray's character. <laughs> Bill Murray. Yeah, Vinny's got a different approach. But Bill Murray, Murray is is trying to use her as, as a report card. As if he's an, you know, if he's good with the ladies, then he's a real man, and that's what he expects that he's going to be able to accomplish. She's an adventure. Yeah, she's an adventure. She's a conquest, so to speak. Right. Right. So is that why God made her? Not necessarily this, this particular lady, but Eve in general. Why did God make Eve? We talked about being a lifesaver, right? But why else did he do that? What happened in Genesis right before Eve's created? Do you remember the story, Al? It's the part where Adam and Eve, <laughs> and, you know, back. Well, you know, Adam laid down. <laughs> yeah, he did. But what did he do? God, God walks all these animals in front of him. Oh, and he names. Right? And he names them. And part of that is that naming process which I think is very much a, um, a gift to Adam to be able to do that, to be a part of that process. But I also think that it was to create in Adam's heart this understanding of, wait, there's nothing here that's like me. Other than God, you know, everything else kind of has its own little mate here, but I got nothing. nothing. Yeah. You know, and so to create this yearning, and, and God goes on to say, that it's not good for man to be alone. And what's so amazing about that, Robbie, you know, we've talked about this before, but why is that real amazing when he says it's not good for man to be alone? Because everything else he created was good. Now here comes the first not good. It was in relationships. It was. Everyone. You're listening to The Masculine Journey. Uh, We're going to be talking more about the woman's heart, going into some of the things she fears and really what she wants out of life. If you'd like to get more information about upcoming activities, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.com. Again, MasculineJourneyRadio.com. Welcome back to Masculine Journey. We are talking today about a really interesting topic. I'm finding it quite interesting. Guys, are you finding it interesting? Absolutely. And Robbie, what are we... Riveting. Riveting? <laughs> wow. Riveting. you say riveting and laugh like that and really be into the conversation? I always laugh. You don't know that? Did you really say riveting? <laughs> yeah, I was impressed. That was good. We were talking about the heart of a woman and how we've kind of missed the mark sometimes, right? How society's tried to tell us the, some different things than what God's tried to tell us in time. And so they tried to say that, you know, the woman is going to be the adventure, as you said earlier, Al, or maybe the thing that makes you feel better about yourself, taking your question to her, as you said, Robbie. But there is a way to really fight for the heart of a woman which would include some things. What would they include, Robbie? Well, to me, to begin to discover, you know, what it is that she re- uniquely reflects about God's image, you know, her glory, so to speak. She is definitely an image bearer, and so even the angels see God in here. What? And that was the, the thing that just lit my fuse at the first boot camp was, wow, I get to go home and try to discover in my wife. Here I'd been married over 20 years. <laughs> pretty embarrassing. But I had never thought, wow, I need to discover where does my wife really f- reflect God? What's her unique, as Todd would say, special sauce? And how can I go after that? And that was a huge win for me. Mm-hmm. And as I began to see what that was, I also then could see it in my daughter. What you're describing is going after her heart for her benefit. Right. Not necessarily for yours. Exactly. Right. And that's when a shift occurs, is when we start going after it for her benefit, not just what's good for us. And it actually leads us to a clip. We're right. going we're gonna to do one from Braveheart. It's uh, in a scene where it's called courting Muron, which is uh, his girl, girlfriend, I guess you'd say, that becomes his wife in the movie. 
And so you're going to pick it up where he's coming to get her to take a, a ride with him on the horseback through the countryside. And it ends on a mountaintop as they're having a conversation. There's a part in here in which he'll speak French. Yeah, him. same. Similar. Interesting that Bill Murray s- spoke French trying to get his question answered. But this French is completely different. And I want you to listen to what's on either side of it. And we'll come back and talk about what he's saying in, in French right there that, and why that's so important. Oh, I agree. I just like to go with the flow. That's a... Not <laughs> wrong <laughs> French clip. That's Bill Murray one more time. Well, though. it was like Groundhog yeah. Day. We played it again. So I, I thought <laughs> that's like a little Groundhog. bit. Let's see if we can get the right one. I would like to blame somebody other than me, but it was me. Good evening, sir. Ah, young Wallace. Grand soft evening, huh? Ah, it's that. I was wondering if I might have a word with your daughter. What do you want to have a word with her about? Murren, would you like to come and ride with me on this fine evening? Invest? You're out of your mind. Oh, it's good Scottish weather, madam. The rain is falling straight down. Oh, slightly to the side like. Oh, the weather's just fine. It's hardly raining. Did you know here what I said? Murren! Murren, you... How did you know me after so long? Why, I didn't. No. It's just I saw you staring at me and I didn't know who you were. I'm sorry, I suppose I was. Are you in the habit of riding off in the rain with strangers? <sighs> it's the best way to make you leave. <laughs> well, if I can ever work up the courage to ask you again, I'll send you a written warning first. Oh, it wouldn't do you much good. I can't read. Can you not? Yeah. Well, that's something we shall have to remedy, isn't it? You're going to teach me to read then? Oh, if you like. And what language? <sighs> Here, sure enough now. That's right. Are you impressed yet? No. Why should I be? Parce que chaque jour, je pense à toi. Do that standing on your head and I'll be impressed. Might kill the fly up, but I'll try it. Oh, God, you certainly didn't learn any manners on your travels. Well, the French and the Romans have far worse manners than I. You've been to Rome? My uncle took me on a pilgrimage. What was it like? Beautiful. But I belong here. So, Robbie, we, we teased that a little bit by saying, you know, what happens there when he's speaking French and, and makes that such an impactful clip if you're watching it? Yeah, the, the big difference for me is in the Bill Murray clip, he is speaking French to impress mm-hmm. the girl that he is, you know, understands what she understands. In this, and again, you can't see it because, you, you know, we're playing the music, but the, in the background, you can see he's saying that she's beautiful, but he's wanting to speak that into her without her knowing what he's saying is he's speaking French so that he can share his heart in a unique way to her. And, and he, and, and it, it's really romantic. I mean, it's gorgeous. And then, and then she comes back and what was that? And he just said, well, it was beautiful, you know, and plays it off a little bit, but you're right. He's doing that without her being able to even know what he's doing. And so it's definitely for her benefit and not for his, I guess he is getting to share his heart, but he's doing it out of true love. And I feel about the sharing his heart. I think there comes a point with a man where he wants to say it, but it's not the right time. Mm-hmm. And he's just got to get it out. And that was just a way that he had to get it out and yet kind of keep it as a part of the conversation without letting her know. And it was authentic. And that's, oh. it's real. Right. Yeah. And, and if you watch that movie and you know some of the story, he goes off on a pilgrimage with his uncle. And he goes off on his own masculine journey and really learns what he wants and what he doesn't want and how to be a man, right? And that's really been stripped from our society is, is that, that initiation process.
that really helps where the, the older generations, and, and we're very lucky. I like to give Robbie a hard time, but he's really pretty close to me in age. And But to have people like Vinny that walks with us and helps us learn, helps us learn from that and say, Absolutely. okay, I, I've been where you've been, and I may not work out so well for you, you know, and, <laughs> and, and help you with that or help set some perspective. And, and in, in this situation, Vinny's walking in a very unique place in, with his marriage. And as an 82-year-old, you know, talk about somebody who's going after the heart of his of his bride. Um, Vinny's a caregiver. Yes, I am a caregiver now. Uh, after I lost my first wife, I remarried after 13 years after that. And now she's uh, in our old age, in us, well, late 70s and 80s. Uh, I am a caregiver because she's blind and, and she's deaf. And... Uh, it's almost as much as when I look in her face and see her crying because she feels that she's taken away my life, you know, by her, me taking care of her. But I'm actually, and uh, forgive me, reader, if you're listening, I'm getting more pleasure out of it now, seeing the love coming out of her, whether it's in tears or just a touch. Mm-hmm. It's It's... It's an amazing feeling to be somebody that is needed and uh, more than wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, before it was, I want you, and we all know why. Uh, Now it's, she needs me, and I'm glad that I'm there for her. Thank you, Vinny. It's uh, it's an amazing testament to how to love your wife, and that, that must be very challenging at times you know i'm sure it's not always easy oh i get i get frustrated sometimes not because of her uh blindness and hard of hearing but we also have a dog mm-hmm. and where we live now uh i gotta walk up and down well no i take the elevator down but it's like 15 trips a day mm-hmm. and i'm 82 and i get tired just walking <laughs> down the hall uh, and and in the mean uh, Besides that, I got to take care of her. Mm-hmm. I got to hold on to her, you know. It's and and I go to bed at nighttime, asking God, please give me the strength tomorrow to continue to do what I do, mm-hmm. you know. And it's a whole different kind of love when you're older than when you're a young man. And uh, I think it's a more justifying love to me mm-hmm. than it was when I was a young man. Mm-hmm. Not that it was bad, you know, it's just different phases in life. I, You guys are going to go through it yourselves. Uh, hopefully not that you mm-hmm. have to be a caregiver the way I am now. But Yeah, Sam, I was thinking that it's interesting the way the w- women, from what we understand from the experts, not because Robbie's any expert, from a young girl, she, has, that the truth. <laughs> she has this question, you know, do you see me, do you notice me, to the older, but... Al, you've got a phenomenal example of you've got a young daughter. Well, and I do. And coming back from the first boot camp, I was like you. I really understood that I had to go after the heart of a woman. But then I also had this little girl, and she was six at the time, and I I went through Captivating. I got the book on tape, and I listened to it over and over, and there are certain parts of it that struck me. And one was that, uh, that, that question, do you see me? Do you find value in me? Am I captivating? And I wanted to give this to my little girl. I mean, she's my precious little angel. 
I don't want that question to go unanswered. So I've been, I was looking for, for weeks trying to find a way to do it. But she's out in the backyard and she's on the monkey bars and she's pulling her body up parallel to the bars. And then she's doing all kind of weird contortions that I, I'm like, she's doing something. There's thought behind it. I can tell, but I didn't know what it was. And then it occurred to me several months before we'd gone to the circus and those girls that were on the ribbons mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's it. That's what she's doing. So I walked outside and I just started clapping my hands as loud as I could. Well, she comes off the monkey bars shocked. And I said, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen a six year old do. Is that, is that from the girls in the circus? She inhales and she just runs up and hugs me. She can't talk. She fills up with tears and she's holding on to me. And she'd been taking gymnastics and she'd never been able to perfect the cartwheel. It was always something that came off. She's, and she's just excited and panicked. And she's like, would you like to see me do a cartwheel? And for the first time, I saw her not only do a perfect cartwheel, she did two in a row. And I realized the impact that a father has of showing his daughter that he sees her, that he finds value in her, that she is truly captivating, brings out the very best in her. Mm-hmm. It, it brought out the best in me as a father. It was a moment that I cherish forever. And, but now I look for that same opportunity with my wife because I've seen the impact. I look forward in my wife and I look in my sons to answer the question that a man asks. Can we all see Candace do cartwheels two in a row? Perfect. <laughs> not, not Candace. <laughs> I, I think she's going to veto that one. But Rebecca, just my auntie right, for that we'll just one. Tell you that well, well, coming back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the, the women's questions from a little girl to a full grown woman. We're going to talk about the things that they fear. What's the thing the enemy comes at them with the most? You want to stay tuned and hear that. It was eye-opening for me. Listen to Masculine Journey Radio. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.com for more information or for a boot camp coming up in November and a women's weekend in June. Welcome back to Masculine Journey. Robbie, I want to ask you a question. Do you feel a little bit more qualified than when we began the program? (laughs) Absolutely. Do you? I got to hear. When you get to hear from Vinny, you know, you get... That, that speaks masculinity into you. Yeah, and your riveting answers have been really good, <laughs> just, to, just to quote my friend Robbie. Uh, we, we've been talking about just lots of topics around the woman's heart, and where we left off, we were talking about a, a little girl's question, right? which a lot of that was, do you delight in me? And now you told the story about that. You know, Do you see me? Do you notice me? Do I matter? Right. Oh, absolutely. And I see that as she grows up. It's been a year since that happens, but it's still... It's still there. Mm-hmm. Now, she probably also wants to know if something happened, you'd be there to fight for her, correct? Absolutely. She's, she, she can be very, very shy, and she's afraid that she's going to be a disappointment. And that is something that – go ahead. But that, that you'll fight with for me thing is, that is, right. is, is a place that I fail constantly, and here's where I fail. Because when your kids <clears throat> start to backtalk their mother or whatever – you know, there's an opportunity for you to rise up and show your wife that she's worth fighting for mm-hmm. and standing up to her own kids. It, it's, an, it's a strange predicament to be in as a man. I'm sure a lot of men are out there going, oh, yeah, I've blown that one. Well, I can tell you, women do want to feel like they're worth fighting for, and the kids want to feel like they're f- worth fighting too. And so you, there's, a, there's an interesting situation where you got to jump in there and fight for your wife's heart. And she, there's nothing like my wife being at a dinner party or somewhere with friends and a husband speaks to their kids, you're not going to talk to my wife like that. Well, I will hear about that all the way mm-hmm. back up because my wife is saying, I want to feel that from you. 
See, and I heard early on in my marriage to Candace that... I'm glad you, you remembered know, her name. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure I dif- differentiated this, my wife, Candace, for 16 years, almost 17. But I heard early in our marriage that a man, has, it, he ceases, or the, the woman ceases to become a mother when there's an argument with the kids. She, she is no longer your mother. She is my wife. And now you're attacking me. You know, I think the thing that switched for me in that was when I realized it may be hard right now for my daughter that I'm standing up for my wife, but I want to set that example of that's what a husband does. Right. Right. That I'm going to fight for my bride. And, and that sounds like scripture a little bit, doesn't it, Robbie? Absolutely. Right. That's what Jesus is doing. He's coming to, coming to, to get us. Right. Now, you talked about the little girls' uh, questions, but and some of that is the same as they grow up. It still is, I'm worth fighting for. Will you really step in the way of danger? Will you really rise up and do what you need to do as a man to to help me provide whatever that looks like in their world to take care? And there's a lot of those things. And captivating, Robbie, what's what's special about that word captivating? That she is your whole world to some that you're so captivated that you'll do whatever you need to do to bring out her glory to go after her heart you know that it's it's a unique word that your attention is focused on nothing but her not sports center what (laughs) or where or the newspaper yeah or anything like that when when i focus on my daughter or my wife they get this christmas day smile when i give them my full attention and i block everything out i mean and i hate when i forget because it's not as pretty and they look wounded almost and, and it gets back to grace to an extent, Sam, because when I think of the word grace, it's favor. Mm-hmm. And that when your wife is your absolute favorite, it's, an, it's a picture of grace. And in the movie that we're going to show a clip from in a second, Jean Valjean right, was given this phenomenal grace by the bishop of these candlesticks when he was totally guilty, but he was given grace. Mm-hmm. And because of that grace he now has a chance to make this young lady who's certainly not deserving his favorite. And what a phenomenal example of standing up and fighting for the heart of the beauty. You know, we've got in the, um, Le Miserable clip of Jean Valjean. Well, let's listen to it and see what we find out. Mademoiselle, how about a suit? I have a suit. I have a suit to spend on you. (laughs) 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 Something to drink. So, this is a disturbance. May I? I'll take care of this. That's enough. It's not my fault. They started out. Go home and be quick about it. Go on, let's go. Captain, he asked me to tell you if you went too far. Well, I've kept my mouth shut long enough. Have I taken to the prison? You'll get six months. Six months? What about Cosette? What will happen to her? Who is Cosette? My daughter. If I don't send the Tenardier's money, they'll turn her out. Is your daughter here in Vigo? 
No, sir, she lives with... And she's not my concern. Inspector! Inspector! Inspector, please listen to my side. I know I hit the gentleman. I know I was wrong. But do they have the right to put snow down my dresses, especially when it's the only one I have and I need it for work? I'm sorry. I don't mean to argue. It won't happen again. Inspector, please. Please be merciful. All right. I've listened to your side. You're still getting six months. Not even the eternal five. One moment, Inspector. Monsieur Le Maire? It's you. You did this to me. You fired me. Come here. Let her go. What? Let me explain, Inspector. I was crossing the square when you arrested her. I asked people what had happened, and they said it was entirely the fault of the men who attacked her. In fact, they should be under arrest. Now that you've had this new evidence, I, I want you to release her. He said I can go. He is the mayor, isn't he? Well, I'll be going then. I won't be any bother to anyone. Sergeant, who said she could go? I did. I am the final judicial authority here in Vigo, and I say she is innocent. <coughs> she spat on you. She was upset. I forgive her. She insulted you. In front of my men, she defiled you. That's my concern, Inspector. No, sir, you were wrong. You, Monsieur Le Maire, are the personification of order, morality, government. In fact, the whole of society. You don't have the right to forgive her for debasing all of us. You don't have the authority to destroy justice. I do have the authority, Inspector. Under Articles 9 and 11 of the Criminal Code, I can order her release. Sergeant, she is free to go. I cannot allow that, Monsieur. I was there. She attacked him. The decision is mine. She's free. She will not go free while I am in charge of this post. In that case, Inspector, under Article 66, you are relieved of command until tomorrow morning. Monsieur, you were dismissed. Inspector, leave. Now. Wow. That's a pretty powerful clip, isn't it, Robbie? Yeah, it's, it's uh, extremely powerful. He's risking everything. Because if the inspector knew who he really was, I mean, he would go back to prison. He broke parole, all that. He's risking all this because he sees an injustice um, and he's going after this lady's heart with nothing but her glory in mind. Now, she's his best friend, right? <laughs> she just spit in his face. Right. I mean, she really a, didn't know who she was before that clip. Yeah, she's she's a worker that was in right, his factory. Exactly. And, you know, he, he had a factory that had tried to take care of single women so they didn't have to turn to prostitution and other things like that. And that's what's happened to Fontaine in this. And she's been arrested and... He stands in the gap and fights for her with nothing but her heart and mind. Yeah, it's a beautiful picture. It like is. Like Christ and the picture of grace. Absolutely. So what is it that a woman fears? Whether they can articulate it or not, what do the experts say that a woman fears? And I'm going to read through a couple of these and let you guys talk about it. But they feel like they don't fit in and everyone, everyone else does. And that may seem kind of silly to us, but that's a big deal. You know, they feel like they're not part of what everyone else is. Everyone else is accepted, but I'm not for some reason or, or not. And, and they have a, a fear of being a disappointment. Oh, yeah. You know, the, when it's all said and done, I'm just going to be a disappointment to somebody, especially this way that really matters to me. And then the biggest fear that she really has at the core is that she'll be abandoned. You know, and that's not something that it may be the story of her life. There may be some abandonment there. But it's definitely the story of Eve's life. Because in the garden, when, when they fall, Adam right away turns and abandons Eve and blames her. 
you know, to God. You know, it's a woman that you gave me that caused this problem, and, and he leaves her not only when she needs him to stand up, but then when he needs to take ownership, he switches into blame. Yep. And he abandon her, abandons her in every way that he can. You know, and that just echoes through eternity. And I can't tell you, it's in movies, whenever there's a, even a romantic comedy, you'll hear him say, well, the woman will say, well, why don't you just go ahead and leave? You're going to leave anyway. The beauty of it that we got to get to, though, to me, is that Christ is the perfect example mm-hmm. of coming after that. And if you read the book Song of Solomon, twice the beloved, the church, so to speak, or us, you know, falls into this fear of being abandoned but in the in the fifth chapter when she you know the lover comes and she thinks she's lost him and she even goes to the whole town and says you got to help me find him you got to help me find him well very cool he shows up and she knows exactly where he is because they ask her where will your beloved be found he's in the garden he is out there gathering lilies Mm -hmm. and like the easter story that's coming up since it is palm sunday eve (laughs) you know what did Mary think Jesus was? She thought he was the gardener because he was out there gathering lilies. And he, he's out there to make sure that we're never abandoned because of his grace. We're always his favorite. Yeah, there's a scripture, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Right. right? And that's there for not just the ladies, but for us. Ladies, I know that you may be sitting back saying, wow, you guys are novices. Yeah. You, you, you really, you're at intro level. There's so much more and you're right. There is so much more. And if you want to know more about your heart, Go listen to somebody that knows a lot more than we do. Go to a women's weekend. we got one coming up June 7th through 9th in Providence, North Carolina. You can go to goodheartwomen.com to get more information on that. We have a men's boot camp coming oh, up. Well, you got to mention that our wives are going to be there, Sam, and, and Candace will be there, so you can find out if Al is what he sounds like or, or Tammy, if you want to talk to Tammy. <laughs>